Okay, we're going to go on to our last case. This is a 74-year-old African-American female who presented with a mass in the left breast in South Florida in October of 03. Mammogram did confirm a mass and preoperative x-ray did show a patient to have metastasis disease to the lung, which was confirmed on the CAT scan that she had multiple nodules in October 03. She underwent mastectomy with x-ray dissection and she was found to have five out of five lymph nodes positive with T3 lesion. Margins were clear, ERPR positive, HER2 new negative. She has past medical history of right side breast cancer, which was treated with lumpectomy radiation 10 years prior to that. She has past history of diabetes, hypertension. So with stage four disease, we decided to treat her with Arimidex from October 03 to April 07. And she had good response to it. Around April 07, she started to show some sign of progression in the lung. And she had a left supraclavicular lymph node positive with palpation. Then we tried Fezlodex on her till November 07, but she continued to progress on it and showed common bioductal obstruction requiring stent placement, and she had matched to the left axilla and left side neck and a spot in the femur. At that time, the decision was to try some chemotherapy, so we did use Zaloda from January 08 to April 08, and she still showed progression of disease on the PET scan and the CAT scan. Maybe I'll just stop at this point and yeah. ask Aman how he would be thinking through the case in this situation. It is very consistent with the endocrine responsive tumor that she responded for an extended period of time to aromatase inhibitor therapy and disease remained under control, and then she progressed. But it's kind of, again, unfortunate that she didn't respond to second-line endocrine therapy, and she has now fairly aggressive disease with hepatic involvement and biliary obstruction. So I think it is time to treat her with chemotherapy, and if you can cause significant cytoreduction with the chemotherapy, maybe later on then keep her on endocrine therapy as a maintenance with, say, steroidal aromatase inhibitor, or even she never had tamoxifen, which might be another option to consider in these type of patients. What kind of chemo, and would you use bevacizumab? This lady had only Zaloda, so far no other chemotherapy, so I think we have a number of options, including anthracycline-based therapy, or if you believe in the data of Kathy Miller that you can treat her with Texan and Bevacizumab for a period of time and see if you can get a significant cytoreduction, and then I would recheck the tumor, because the thing is, one of the mechanisms of resistance to the endocrine therapy is that some of these tumors become hormone-negative. And other mechanism of resistance is that some of them become HER2 positive. So I think it might be, even though those are small number of patients, it might be worthwhile. So I think there are chemotherapeutic options, or if you want to include the biologics, I would use her with uh, Texan and with Bevacizumab. That will be another option, because there was evidence in the randomized study that there was significant prolongation of the control of the disease, and also number of patients who achieved response was much higher. Just quick question. In a metastatic disease, are you regularly removing primary? I mean, she had mastectomy and lymph node dissection. There is data from Northwestern that removing primary during mastectomy may improve survival. Peter? This is, I think, one of those topics that isn't adequately explored and is worth exploring. The idea of treatment, I recently looked at the literature having to do with, for instance, radiofrequency ablation of hepatic metastasis. 
and came across some series in which they suggest that they actually saw an improved outcome. Unfortunately, without a comparison group or historical comparison groups, the claims are very hard to assess. But I think in a lot of different scenarios now, the idea of going in aggressively after and colon cancer, it's certainly a thing. Brain mets, that's actually been something that going in after brain metastasis, lengthening people's lives in certain scenarios is kind of an established part of practice. So I think it's something to be considered. And certainly, if you look at some of the series of patients who had solitary met, people went in after it, you see some long-term survivors in all different kinds of malignancy. But I think it's... Having recently looked at least for radiofrequency ablation, I didn't know what to make of the literature in the end because it was all essentially phase two studies. Amon, what about this issue of removal of primary breast cancer in an attempt to have some impact on metastatic disease? Do you ever do it? I personally never do it, but the thing is there is, as was being mentioned, that there are retrospective data which looked at it and some from... Chicago area, where they have looked at the patients who had mastectomy having better outcome compared to the patients who were just treated with systemic therapy. But the thing is, it is retrospective why patient had a mastectomy because they have better performance status and why the other patient did not have mastectomy. Maybe they had far more greater tumor burden. Right now, this issue is being discussed in the cooperative group to see if we can do a randomized prospective trial. But to me, it does not make any sense to remove part of the disease when you have extensive disease somewhere else. Only time I would think it will be appropriate to remove the disease which is primary if metastatic disease is limited and that could be also adequately treated with the surgical intervention. Then there is a small potential that some of these patients in the long run will do very well. But outside the context of clinical trial, I personally think that it is not recommended that we should be routinely doing mastectomy if patient has metastatic disease, which is outside the field of local regional area. Let's find out what happened with the patient. She was then treated to, with Avastin and Taxol, and she did respond beautifully. She's doing very well right now. She's still on it that yeah. right now? How yeah. long has she been on it? She's coming up with the seventh cycle now. Seven months. And what exactly has happened to her disease? The PET scan, everything is cleared up in the neck, in the bile duct area, and in the lung area. And any side effects or toxicity? Mild neuropathy, nothing major. Hypertension, any problems with the no, BEV? No, no. What's your take on BEV and metastatic disease right now, Amon? I think in these patients like her, she had good response, and I think if, as long as she's tolerating both drugs, I would continue it. If she, say, has significant neurotoxicity, I may discontinue the paclitaxel, but I would still continue Avastin as long as the disease is under control. Is that your usual default first-line therapy when you're using chemotherapy and metastatic disease? It depends. A lot of these patients have had anthracyclines and taxanes in the adjuvant setting. Then it depends how quickly they relapse and what is their hormonal receptors. But I think in patients like her, I think this would be a very appropriate treatment option. What is the clinical data of maintaining Avastin by itself for breasts? For lung, there's some data, but 
What is it for breast? If you look at that Cathy Miller data, the patients who were on this combination, that after patients had maximum palliation or because of the toxicity, that taxane was discontinued, but the patients were maintained until progression. That's how the study design was.